Hello, and welcome to Presenting, a podcast where we chat about various topics related to role-playing games, typically Paizo products such as Pathfinder and Starfinder, but also others. I'm John Godek, and with me today is Sen HHS. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, everyone. <laughs> so Yvonne is a longtime freelance author and game designer with nearly three dozen credits to her name, including 15 Pathfinder 2nd Edition and Starfinder credits for Paizo. Yvonne mostly... Um, most recently earned a cover credit for the soon-to-be-released Pathfinder Rage of Elements hardcover, uh, along with Logan Bonner and Jessica Redekop. Um, You can reach Yvonne at SendHHS on Twitter or on Instagram at SendHHS underscore rights. So, uh, Yvonne, can you talk about your background and your journey to becoming a RPG writer and game designer? Okay, so how I got into it, um, I, I'll start with my kind of the summary of what my background mm -hmm. is. So I was born in Taiwan, um, also Taiwanese, and then I grew up as an expatriate in Singapore as well as Shanghai. I went to Canada for university, tried to stay in Canada for a job, didn't, came back to Taiwan. Uh, went insane for reasons we might talk about later and then uh, I guess what happened afterwards was I kind of just clung onto creative writing for sort of like a last shred of dignity type of stuff and somehow at the end of that now that I'm more lucid I find myself in the position of being a TT Barbarigi writer uh, basically doing freelance writing full-time okay. so um you went to canada where did you go if i can ask in canada uh i went to ubc so vancouver right. yeah. yeah so my daughter's actually studying there and she has quite a few Ooh. friends from overseas um so we're from the u.s but you know she's up there and they yeah. all try to stay in vancouver once they get there and mm -hmm. is it just such an awesome place or is it just different than home that kind of pushes you that direction uh vancouver is i can't i can't say it's uh, they they uh british columbia always say that they're the best place on earth which in some ways i agree with but vancouver is a very chill place <laughs> like it's okay. not the place that you go it's definitely not las vegas it's definitely not new york but it's a good place to just kind of settle down. Like for me, um, going to university there was definitely, it was uh, therapeutic in its own way, I would say. Mm -hmm. In that uh, I got to walk away from things that uh, were bothering me and mm -hmm. uh, basically kind of found myself a little bit while I was there even though I didn't particularly pursue uh, any kind of, oh, I'm going to be a completely different person now, or I'm going to do any, something in particular to make myself completely different to who I was. But mm -hmm. it does give you kind of, it, it definitely was a place that was a new start for me. Mm -hmm. Even though afterwards, uh, that kind of got walked back on. <laughs> Okay. After Fair I came enough. back to Taiwan, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I noticed uh, one of your earliest 
projects was actually a self-published adventure uh, mm -hmm. that you both both wrote and illustrated. Um, mm -hmm. Can you talk about what that experience was like and what challenges you faced kind of trying to start on your own rather than, you know, working with other publishers? Uh, to give a little bit of context on that project. So at the time, I was actually uh, in the middle of recovering from what was basically a very, very bad mental breakdown. It was bad enough that um, I would say I didn't gain the current lucidity I have until just a couple of years ago. So hmm. even though I remember what happened back then, it's sort of like disconnected from me in a way. Uh, for that project in particular, uh, I my reflections on it are definitely more on uh, what it meant to me in terms of being kind of a type of therapy, I would say, vocational therapy, perhaps in a way, as well as just for me using it as a benchmark for me to see, okay, how well can I organize myself in actually having an idea and then executing it? And what I got from it was, um, it was, I, I didn't see it as a challenge in terms of um, how, it, how it was a challenge in TTRPG design or being an illustrator wise. It was a challenge in terms of what things can I still utilize? What things do I have left in my brain? that I can still use and mm -hmm. how can I manage my spoons basically to be able to push myself to regularly work on a project, uh, have, it eat, have it reach different milestones and then be able to reach a step where I, where I say, okay, this is now complete. It's not perfect because it's very difficult to follow mm -hmm. something, anything project or artistic, it's very difficult to reach the point of being perfect. But you can reach a stage where you say, okay, this is complete. You can wrap it up, put a bow on it, and then put it out into the world and be okay with it. And then you can look back on it and say, uh, and see, okay, so what did I learn from doing this? What did I learn about myself while doing it? As well as how can I improve on it? So that was sort of the uh, challenges I faced it's definitely just managing myself and pushing myself to okay do finish this part of the writing this day uh find my editor my friend i found a high school friend to be my editor uh contact my editor and ask her for advice and stuff and then pushing myself to finish the maps or the illustrations uh doing the layouts even though for the first book, um, the layout was done in Microsoft Word, so it was sort of just right. built in, and I just wrote along with it. And so basically, it was pushing myself to finishing those milestones, and then at the end, be like, okay, we're all done. <laughs> Wrap it up, <laughs> and let's put it out into the world, because, yeah. Well, that, I mean, since... Basically, you were setting your own schedule. That must have been really good for your own self discipline and kind of, um, yeah. kind of giving you confidence that you could then work for somebody else's schedule. I would imagine. I didn't actually um, expect to work for anybody else in TTRVG at first because 
back then uh, I was in a state of being still I was still very confused at times as to what I was doing exactly because there were definitely days where I woke up and couldn't do anything and then I wouldn't realize I would lose a day or two to just be in a haze until a couple of days later and so um at that point I definitely was I was definitely focusing on creative writing and writing for TRT, TRPG in the sense of, can I possibly just have some, have some discipline in writing so that I might be able to self-publish and just earn a little bit of money? Because um, mental illnesses where I am in Taiwan, even though they're even though the attitude is changing and even though the doctors here are now very updated on uh, what mental illnesses are all about and how to treat them, uh, there's still a very strong social stigma about uh, what it means for a person to have a mental illness and how isolating, socially isolating uh, it can be. Because uh, definitely once I came back and after uh, my mental illness had basically pushed me off the brink. Um, it, I sort of became a, a kind of just invisible existence. Like people knew I was here, but uh, they would, they didn't want to talk about me because they didn't know, they didn't want the topic to come up about uh, right. how, how I was doing basically. Because people always w- want to know more about what you are doing and how you are doing but they don't really know how to talk about the how when the person isn't in a great state of mind Mm -hmm. or body sometimes it's more the mind part that is a stigma and so there was definitely still a part of me i guess that was fighting for just i don't want to just disappear into the world and so Putting a TDRPG out that was self-published was a way for me to kind of um, prove to myself and maybe prove a little bit to um, the people that care about me, like, I'm still here. I haven't disappeared. And I'm trying to, um, I'm trying to still be a part of this world, basically. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. so... Walking into TRPG at that time, I definitely it was definitely something more of um, uh, more. It was more of a self sufficiency. Like I want to be self sufficient. I don't want to be a burden to anyone. Type of deal, and actually walking and starting to freelance for other people was something that was very much unexpected, but something I'm very glad that happened. <laughs> and and how did you go from that first self-published piece to then getting now, you know, 15 credits with Paizo, including a, a cover <laughs> credit? So how did you get in with the Paizo writing? I know you've worked for other folks as well, but how did that all come about? Okay. So uh, how I got into Paizo was once I had self-published and Part of self-publishing, a very important aspect of self-publishing is if you want that your piece to get bought 
if you want people to buy your piece or be interested in buying, you have to do self promotion. And uh, most of TDRBG self publishing uh, self promotion at the time, if you started off with you just have a written product, was done mostly on Twitter. Right, right. And yeah, there's the TTRPG tag, and then you can tag yourself in there, or you can just follow people, and then they will follow you back, sort of a mutual exchange type of stuff, because they also see, oh, you're also doing TTRPG, so we have something in common. So I actually went into the Twitter sphere, because I was already on there as a writer um, for learning writing. That's something maybe we might mention that we might have time to discuss later. And I basically started, I actually started out by following a lot of independent TDRPG writers. So kind of small one studios that were writing TDRPG that were off, they that were often like system agnostic or they were trying to develop their own system or they were trying to sort of um, write supplements that can apply to many different systems. And the independent TDRBG sphere, as I would say they have um, of they have they have certain advantages in that it's a very good place for you to explore different forms of writing other than what we usually write for, say, a third party publisher or uh, for bigger companies like Paizo or even possibly uh, Wizards of the Coast and such. And um, so at the time, I basically went into established contact with a few groups and then say, hey, I can do a little bit of writing. Is there something I can also write here? And that's actually how I got quite a few other opportunities to kind of write a little bit of things here and there for TTRPG. And then um, probably about, I think it was about three to probably half a year, three months to half a year in, of me basically doing my um, kind of go around introducing myself and being part of the indie TTRPG um, community that uh, I stumbled upon a Twitter post that was calling for writers, particularly of uh, less represented or marginalized kind, um, not communities. I think at the time it it was it was worded as um, less represented cultural backgrounds, basically. And then so I established contact with the person, introduced myself, and say, "Hey, my name is Yvonne. Um, I have written." <laughs> this particular adventure which is based in neolithic ne- neolithic mythical china <laughs> i don't think i'll ever get uh, sick of that kind of tagline and it this is my specialty how is it is this what you're looking for basically and i have to say kind of with great embarrassment at a time that i did not know who i was contacting at all mm-hmm. And so when I believe it was, it was um, is it Liz or Liz? Liz Liddell? Liz Liddell? Yeah. Yeah, Liz Liddell. Liz Liddell. So, yeah. so when Liz Liddell came back and said, oh, so uh, I am Liz Liddell. I am um, looking for writers to write uh, for uh, 
Pathfinder Second Edition this year for three. I kind of looked. I opened an email and then I looked at it for five minutes straight, just going, "What? What? What?" <laughs> because, wow. uh, as somebody who played a lot of Pathfinder First Edition um, a while back, while I was in uh, Vancouver, uh, just suddenly stumbling upon an opportunity to write for the company that I had I had played so much of it was sort of it, it was it was both a dream come true or like it and also sort of I can't believe this is happening so fast because it was definitely mm-hmm. something I wasn't expecting to happen like just months into my foray into um the TTRPG kind of community as a whole in in terms of like writing for TTRPGs. And so that was basically how um, I started, I guess, freelancing for uh, tabletop RPGs. There is also a little bit of story about um, what I replied to this in the email and how that kind of sort of broke things a little bit and um, left some lasting impressions, I would say. Uh, good uh, ones, I hope, yeah. right? Uh, yeah, it was It basically, um, basically I think it was because uh, BCR3 revisited a lot of old monsters from the mm-hmm. past and uh, 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 Liz did mention in the email, hey, if you know anything about these monsters that you think we should pay more attention to or um, you think was problematic in the past uh, and you have some ideas, please let us know. I I don't know why I did it, but I went through every single one of the monsters and researched them. Wow. And then just gave her this incredibly... It, nowadays, I would I would be I would think like this is impolitely long, but back in the day, I was just I want to be helpful. I want to show what I can do, so I went through every single monster and for every monster that I think that can be ch- uh, changed or needs like s- some special attention to, I would write it out and say, okay, this one you'll probably want a writer who is from a Native American background who knows about this. Uh, this one you probably want a writer who knows about uh, Southeast Asian mythology and such. I just did it for every single monster. What was her? Res- uh, what was their response to that? Um, Liz's response was she was I I think she was massively impressed. <laughs> and then uh, one of the things that came about that was she actually asked me if I would be interested in um not just writing because usually for first-time writers you would get just one small assignment because it's right. it's Paisel's first time working with you they don't want to just go overboard um however because i had made a lot of kind of i gave a lot of ideas particularly on the imperial dragons plus i also had ideas for the stone for back then what was called the food dog but now it's um more uh, culturally representative of um, what they are in real life, which is the stone, the uh, stone guardians or the stone lions. Right. In this case, um, because I had ideas for both of those, she asked if I would be interested in basically doing the stone lions, 
and then sharing the responsibility the responsibility of writing imperial dragons as well and but then she would have um another writer kind of uh work with me or supervise me on Mm -hmm. that aspect because the imperial dragon section was incredibly large right and so that was it was they definitely made an exception for me in that case because they wanted to give me the opportunity to um uh to basically apply my knowledge in a sense and wow. make the make the best out of it mm-hmm. so yeah i'm very i'm incredibly thankful for what liz has done for me now you've also been involved in several kickstarters um, how did those come about um I've I'm involved in those kickstarters mostly in the same way that I'm involved in them as I would uh, any kind of freelance or uh, whether for Paizo or independent projects. So um, uh, other other freelancers has affectionately nicknamed like how I keep on finding these assignments as the hustle. Yeah. <laughs> they say I, I'm yeah. I like I have h- the art of hustling down and. Uh, so basically, what how I hustle is I, oh, um, because I, because I write full time, um, looking for writing opportunities is sort of part of my, um, it it's part of my job essentially. So if I'm low on projects in say, um, the next upcoming month back then. I would basically go out and just look through Twitter, look through all the discords I'm in. Usually, a lot of them usually have like a dedicated channel that says opportunities and such, and then just look at mm-hmm. um, what is available and just basically go and introduce myself and uh, tell them what my background is in writing and then basically sell myself as something that can add to their project. And kick, uh, joining Kickstarters is much is basically much the same way. I basically see most of them. I kind of join in the sense of um, I join the projects as a writer or game designer. I have not yet actively been a part of um, the Kickstarter process, whether it be as an organizer or as the person who kickstarts things. I can't kickstart I can't kickstart for mostly legal reasons because um most kickstarter platforms especially kickstarter uh but then like even like Indiegogo and such um right. they are not supported in Taiwan like in mm. terms of regions. And so because mm. of that there's a lot of um legal ramifications where there's not enough security. And if things went wrong, they can go really wrong. And so because of that, I'm only able to do Kickstarters. Uh, that said, in terms of organization, it simply is a case of I haven't had the opportunity yet to do it. Uh, even though I do have translatable skills, because back in university, I was a treasurer for a club. And then um, I was also the kind of events fundraising and uh, what was it? Uh, 
events and yeah, events and fundraising kind of manager for a student anthology um, of a writing program that I was in. Mm. So if anybody's interested in uh, finding a remote Kickstarter organizer, please contact me. You can find my contact information at the end of this uh, podcast. <laughs> cool. Very good. Mm-hmm. Very good. Um, so you write under uh, a pen name, Sen yes. HHS. Um, mm-hmm. Can you tell me what that means and why you do that? Um, the meaning of the name is something I would like to keep private still, okay, even though I'm willing to share that it is something that means a lot to me in a creative sense. Okay. And the reason that I use it, um, is there's two reasons. The first reason is more just psychological comfort. It's, I don't quite understand yet to myself why. I desperately want to have a pen name out in the world as in in like versus um, my actual name. But I do know that it gives me a sense of comfort in knowing that mm-hmm. it's my pen name that's on the cover of, say, Rage of Elements instead of my actual name. And mm-hmm. why that is, I'll probably find out in the future for myself and then I'll share with the world if I'm comfortable then. And the second reason is actually um, more practical, which is first, my last name is often and very easily spelled wrong. And it is almost impossible to catch until it has been published. So this has happened Mm. for, say, my high school yearbook. It also happened for my student anthology that I was in, even though I was involved in like the, the back process. And um, just because how, how hard it is to catch a misspelled last name for me, because it's it's a combination of letters that you just simply miss the fact that it's actually misspelled quite easily. And so that's one of the reasons why I don't. And there's also another reason, which is it's actually not an uncommon name. Right, right. Yeah. I actually have... Um, kind of uh, another student in my, I would say middle school, high school. I went to international school. So a lot of times the schools, they were they went from like kinder, pre-K all the way to basically senior year of high school. But I was in a situation where even though I was in international school, there was a student who had the exact same name as me. And even mm-hmm. our Chinese name were similar. And um it was confusing enough such that there were some administrative problems that arose from that. And so because of that, I definitely have been in the case of mistaken identity and such. So I don't want that to happen again because there are definitely It's funny you mentioned that. Mm -hmm. So so I teach at a university and Mm -hmm. I had a student um, who was named uh, Lakpa Sherpa. Mm -hmm. And, uh, And then I had another student different one with the exact same name. Mm-hmm. And the way our system works is, okay, if they have the same name, you go by but the birth date. Well, they had the exact same birth date. And it turns out um, where they're from, uh, yeah. the day of the week that you're born mm, dictates the first name. And mm-hmm. because they're born on the same day, that's how they end up getting the same name. It's kind of a weird, a weird situation. And they're both in yeah. the same major and I had them different times. And so when somebody mentions one of them, I have to ask them, which one is it? 
well, how do you tell? You know, so mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, I when I, I I know your last name, and I've actually interviewed other people with the same last name, so I know. Yeah, uh, it is somewhat, somewhat, somewhat common there. It is um, like the last name is uh, in Chinese. There is the hundred family names, which are sort of the hundred most common names. Um, last names that you see in Chinese, it's it's that's more historical. Um, right. But according to that, apparently my last name is like the 99th. <laughs> it's like exactly on 99th. You're not the last one, but you're very close. <laughs> well, my name is very uncommon, but people still misspell it quite a bit. They add letters to mm, it. Yeah. That's usually what happens. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Yvonne, what advice do you have for people interested in getting started in freelance writing and game design? Um, it really depends on what they want to do. I guess my first advice would be to know yourself. Um, know why or ask yourself why you want to do uh, freelance writing and or game design. Are you doing it for the passion? Are you doing it for the recognition? Are you doing it to be part of the community? Possibly because maybe all of your friends are doing homebrews and you're like, hey, I want that too. And um, Or are you interested in going in to establish it either as a very permanent side gig or possibly even a full-time job if that's what your interest is. So I think figuring out um, why or what your goal is in um, the industry would be the first. Like, are you going to be a hobbyist? Are you going to be a part-time writer? Or are you going to be a full-time writer? That's definitely something to figure out. Even though plans are always changing, um, but that's always a good question to be asking yourself, I think, when you go into um, freelance writing and game design. And then going off of that in terms of the know yourself part is know what kind of a writer you are. Because um, while I was part of a writing studio back when, back towards mm-hmm. the very end of my stay in Vancouver, one of the things that um, they taught us a lot was under, like examining how we wrote and understanding kind of what kind of writing tools are appropriate for you. So like one of the most basic um, concepts that we learned was how do you visualize your, how do you, well, yeah, how do you visualize your writing? Like, do you, when somebody says you are writing, do you hear words and then you put them down? Or do you imagine yourself as you're type, as moving your fingers and then the words come out? Or do you imagine them as appearing on a page and then you make those words appear on a page, basically? And apparently understanding that has a lot of ramifications for um, basically learning to write and making it a discipline because um, basically knowing how... um, words come to you can also help you decide okay so what is the right way for me to write is it going to be what kind of environment 
do I need in order to write? Like, do I definitely need something that is tactile, like maybe a louder keyboard that makes me feel okay? I am moving my fingers. I know I am moving my fingers, and the sound is going to help keep me focused on writing. Or do you perhaps need a writing method that's slower? Like, I back when I was doing more、uh, fiction writing, I discovered that handwriting was the best for me because I am a kind of I hear the words I write, but in order for me to、um, be at the speed and for me to have kind of as quiet of a sound that I or as quiet of an environment that I need to be able to hear the characters' dialogues, for example,、mm. or to be able to hear kind of、um, the environments that was. That I'm imagining, I have to. It was basically sort of like I am a scientist or an observer walking into a space and then making my observation notes. So figuring out what kind of writer you are is very important. See, now I got to think about those because I usually picture images. I don't picture、mm-hmm. words. So this、mm-hmm. is going to be really weird for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wonder.、Oh, I, was, I was, like I wonder if somebody. The reason they know about these things was apparently、um, they worked with some neurologists in the yeah. past yeah. to kind of discover like how different writers approach their writing. Like, what are they thinking in their brain when they are writing? I wonder if game design also has different systems. Like, when people think game design for t- tabletop, are they thinking about role playing? Are they thinking about the dice rolling? Are they thinking about the combat or the exploration? I like maybe that's something that a university neurology department might be interested in investigating someday and understanding. Oh, so this is how like different game designers、yeah. approach game design, or maybe there's already、yeah. a paper out there. <laughs> yeah, don't I don't know. know. You know, you could do、That'll、some、uh, some fMRI studies to see what parts of the brain、mm-hmm. lights up when you. Think about different yeah, things.、Definitely. So that would that would make a lot of sense.、Mm-hmm. Cool. So I know you、uh, you have this Rage of Elements coming out in、mm-hmm. June or July. One of those two.、Uh, I I think it's it pre order starts in July. I think and the actual pre-、mm-hmm. book release is it's like it's August. Last this、okay. is last this was last I checked, and I, I checked like yeah, I, last I just、month. looked at it、um, mm-hmm. before. I sent you this stuff, and、mm-hmm. maybe it's moved up because of everything that's going on. They're trying to get stuff out sooner. I don't know.、Uh, anyway,、um, everybody's excited for that.、I、actually, talked to to Jess、uh, a couple of weeks ago, quite a bit about、okay. things, and, and she's pretty、mm-hmm. excited about that.、Um, yeah. What other cool things do you have that you're working on that you can actually talk about? Anything that I can actually talk about? Let me find my list. Oh, I can't talk about that thing. <laughs> And well, that's the biggest thing. I have all these. St- in fact, you and I are probably on a project that comes out later、mm-hmm. this summer or、yeah. in the fall that we can't talk about. Yeah.、Um, so. <laughs> okay. It's, oh, it, I, it's also sort of like writer superstition. It's like I want、yeah. to talk about the things I want to do, but you know, once you talk about them, are you going to do them?、Uh, yeah. uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> I can talk about what I. Did probably just within the last month. So I definitely had did a lot of writing、um, in the la- the 
second half of last year that are still under NDA, but definitely on some developer's desk somewhere. So expect there to be more in the future. (laughs) Yeah. And then um, something that I think people can slowly look forward to and possibly like pat me on the shoulder sometime or poke me on Twitter and Discord and ask about it. Like, hey, you promised that you were doing this. Where is it? Is um, so I just did some uh, developments on a manuscript that I gathered from several different writers um, that are based in Taiwan uh, that are all a bunch of items that are coming from a specific kind of magic shop that we imagined. So it's... Oh, okay. I think it's going to be like an entry from a, a slightly long version of an entry that you might find in, say, a, a Grand Bazaar, almost. And I'm hoping to have that out sometime this year, I guess. And um, You have the, a lot of time cr- left in 2023 yeah. so <laughs> it hopefully in yeah. earlier this year and not later <laughs> because i'm pretty sure the writers are going to strangle me if i delay yeah. any longer so, um, so you're but, doing development for that is that a, a infinite product or something else yeah it is it is a path we intended it for for it to be a pathfinder infinite product nice and basically it it is um looking forward to showing everyone what is actually in there because it is possibly um, some of the most hilarious and kind of meme-filled like piece of um, work that I have ever kind of been a part of, which is part of the fun of Infinite. Like, you get to right, be right. a little bit lo- loose in terms of what you can do and also because all the fighter, all the writers that I found are based in Taiwan, or they are Taiwanese actually, I believe the most of them are. And um, because of that, we, <laughs> I basically said, okay, yes, you can write all the inside jokes you want, just keep it tasteful. <laughs> and um, they ran away with that. Well, as long as you're not uh, violating any uh, trademarks, I think you're probably okay. But parody is okay on things. So if it's parody, yeah, it's probably okay that, as well, you yeah, know, for copyright yeah. stuff. Interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, yeah. you had mentioned that you want to give a shout out for your uh, contact information to anybody that needs an organizer for a Kickstarter. So I'll let you do that <laughs> now again, if you want. How can okay, people reach so, you? Uh, people can reach me through Twitter at SanHHS. Or uh, Instagram currently is, I don't check it quite as often. Otherwise, um, if you want, you can find my contact information on my card, which is sendhhs.card.co. And then okay. there's a link to my contact information there where you can email me. Or you can ask John. <laughs> and then John yes. can, can let you know how to reach me on Discord. Sure. I, I can do that. If, if yep. you say it's okay... Then I I can connect uh, connect you on Discord as well. Fair mm-hmm. enough. Yeah. So all right. Yeah. Uh, so Yvonne, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. Hey, it's been great getting a chance to know you. Thanks for having me. 